Tinfoil Tales. Coming at you live from the Parunity event here in Miami County, Indiana. We've got a few guests coming out to talk to us, so we're going to jump right on into it. I'm Joe with 222 Paranormal Podcast. I'm Brandon. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> so basically what I do is I ask guests. Mm-hmm. They come on the show. They talk about their paranormal experiences and everything, so... Has there been anything that's been exciting that you've ever encountered? Or Oh, yeah. Um, we travel all over the country doing different events and that, and we always end up at haunted locations. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that happened to me, we were in Butler, Pennsylvania, and there's a cemetery down there called the Black Cross. Mm-hmm. And what this is is um, back when the, what was it, the influenza pandemic came through, Yeah, a lot of the immigrants passed away, and... The local Catholic church wasn't allowing them to have a proper funeral and a proper burial because they weren't quote-unquote Catholic. Mm-hmm. So one of the farmers said, well, I'll offer you some of my land to bury the you know these deceased, deceased people. And we heard about it. It's called the Black Cross. And the reason it's called the Black Cross is they actually didn't have any kind of monuments that they could put up for this so for this um, cemetery, so what they did was they took railroad ties and actually made a giant black cross. You go there nowadays, and all you see is, imagine if you took a five-gallon bucket, put cement in it, and then flipped it over. That's the monument that's left. So we went there, and we didn't know much about this location, but we've heard a lot of stories of people that have activity there. We found it. It's real off the beaten path. It's down this neighborhood. It's kind of strange because you're driving through this like country neighborhood where the houses are separated pretty far. We come across this field, and that's it. And there's a monument there talking about the Black Cross. So we're in there, and we heard babies crying. We heard people talking. We were sitting there, and it almost felt like the woods were staring at you. We had such creepy, creepy feelings going on. Well, if you look, there's a stump. It's probably about a three-foot stump, and it had a ribbon tied to it. Mm-hmm. So it had some kind of significance, but we couldn't figure out why. And I'm standing there, and I look over, and I look at the stump, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. I turn back, and it was actually a guy. The stump turned into a person that was looked like he was jumping out the woods at me. Hmm. Now, I don't want to sound weird, but I've been in many haunted locations all over the country we've been in the, we've spent the night in prisons we spent the night in a sane asylum stuff like that but this really scared me it was the first time that I ever got scared and my adrenaline was pumping for a good half hour but it was a person I could see he had the the gray wool pants on he had a red shirt he had the flip it style hat on and he was an ashen look to him and really that's the only time I've ever been scared and it looked like he was jumping out of the woods at me. And the split second, he disappeared and went back to being a stump. Ooh, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've had a lot of different things happen. I've woke up in the middle of the night to see a seven-foot shadow figure standing above my bed. Yeah. I've had a red shadow figure at the end of my bed one day. You know, and, and we record. I'm also a podcaster. We record our podcast in my studio in my house. Mm-hmm. And in when you look out the studio, you see the hallway leading to the rest of the house. And one day I was sitting there and I saw a blue light float past. 
And I told my sister, who's my co-host, I said, Jen, did you see that? She's like, yeah, what was that? Well, we were done interviewing our guests, so we jumped up, and she got her phone out and the SB7 Spirit Box. And we got a Class A EVP, which was my best friend who passed away in my arms, saying, hey, Joe. And I've played that for other people, not telling them what it is, and they're like, that's Jackie. So that's weird. There's a lot of good, a yeah. lot of stuff, you know. But, you know, as we record, we get EVPs also, mm-hmm. you know. And the one day we were sitting there, and out of nowhere, Ave Maria started playing over our our podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, where the heck is that coming from? You yeah. know? So stuff like that mm-hmm. happens all the time. Has there ever been an instance where you've been on like a case or anything and I know you said you got scared but is there anything that's ever like really really stood out to you that you can't explain a few times um there's a house in Toledo that's not open to paranormal investigating but when the gentleman bought it to rebuild he started pulling boards off the walls and bones started to fall out and we call this the bone house okay because every board and every floorboard had bones in it and they would cascade down the wall when he pulled the boards out. Now, the coroner came out and checked him, and he said it's mainly canine in that. But when we were doing investigations at that house, we had some really crazy stuff. We had, um, when I, I wasn't there the one night, there was a person that was murdered out front. There was um, a board that was ripped off the wall and thrown across the room. But the night that I was there, I was looking at it, and he's rebuilding the house, so the windows didn't fit in the frame you know like new windows they never really fit yeah and i'm like i'm surprised there's no bats in here and just as i said that a white bat flew over our heads and everybody saw it we were like freaking out and the thing is we don't have white bats and we don't know where this thing came from we never did find it afterwards but that was one of the things that stick out in my mind about that location Mm -hmm. and that location there you can take your K2 meter and hold it out on the porch and it won't, it'll just have that green light on showing that there's power. Literally put it in the door, it goes to red. So paranormal equipment is useless in that house because it's so active. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And you know, the news crews came out and then the coroner came out when they were finding the bones and they basically said it was canine that, but there were some pretty big bones that we can't identify either. Yeah. But the house was known for a religion called Santeria. And they would do ritualistic stuff in that house for years. And basically filled the whole house with bones. Mm. <laughs> you're not from this area, are you? You're from, no, you're I'm from, from Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know there's a place that's actually not too far from here. They call it Okie Pinocchio. Okay. And it's just on the, what, south side of town? Okie Pinocchio? Yeah. But they claim the same thing. They've had, like, ritual stuff out mm-hmm. there. And I've camped out there. Yeah. I never experienced anything. Really? Yeah. Like, we heard noises, but it ended up being a duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but everyone around here, that's what they always talk about this place. And I've never encountered anything. Yeah. Like, I've been on a couple investigations. And some of the people that I went with, they're like, their little meteor would jump and insulate it's a ghost mm-hmm. to them. But... I kind of look at things skeptically. Like, yeah. I try and look for explanations before I jump to paranormal. Yeah. Because you can't think everything exactly. is paranormal. Mm-hmm. You got to be realistic about it. Yeah. 
So. And that's where it goes back to when, like, I consider myself a ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a paranormal investigator because I don't spend the time at a location to find out everything. But a good paranormal investigation will be three months before you even show up at the location yeah. because you're doing such research on the people and the place. And one of the big things that talking to my friends that do those type of investigations, because I, I pay to play. I go to the locations that just the ghost hunt because I really honestly don't have the time to put in the effort of a real paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. But it's a simple thing as a bad fan motor in an air duct will cause hauntings yeah. because of um, infrasound. So you really need to look into a location before you come to the conclusion of it being haunted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so. but there's... but. Like, I go for fun, and I have seen a lot of stuff that I can't explain. And that's one of the things, too, is when you're doing an investigation and you see stuff, you you experience it, but you can't uh, scientifically prove it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. That's what I love editing. Yeah. Alright, but but that's what makes it so interesting also is you don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And you go to the location and you might get activity the second you pull up. Or you might not have anything all night. And that's what's so intriguing about what we do. But we also get to get into some of the locations that other people can't get into. Yeah. You know, the historical places. One of the most interesting things that's happened to me would be, this was years ago, it's about 19 years ago. We were at a cemetery called Jerome. It's just south of here. It's probably about 20 miles from Peru. And out back was the older tombstones, like towards the wood edges. Mm-hmm. And... My friend found, like, a silver dollar on a tombstone. Okay. For whatever reason, he decided he was going to pick it up. (laughs) And we begged him to stop. Yeah. Don't touch it. Just leave it be. Well, it starts to get darker. We start going through the woods because supposedly there's more graves and stuff out in the wood part. So we were walking through there, and we started hearing noises. It almost sounded like chanting. Okay. Almost like native chants or something. Mm-hmm. It's just strange. I can't explain that. But it got worse to the point to where it got so dark that we couldn't see, so we went back to where the vehicle was parked. And as we get back there, we start seeing like shadows and stuff. Mm-hmm. We swore we saw like someone moving around, but again, we were teenagers at the time, so did we really see it? I don't know. Yeah. But I would not let him get in the vehicle with that coin. Yeah. I wanted him to take it back. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't take it, so he just chucks it, and he threw it. <laughs> Which is more disrespectful. Yes. <laughs> so we ended up leaving, and the next day we went back out there, so I wanted to find the coin and put it back, make him put it back, because mm-hmm. that's just me being superstitious. Yeah. Right where our vehicle was parked was a coin that looked just like the one that he chucked that we all seen him throw. Mm-hmm. But it couldn't have been there because we seen him throw it, but it was right where our vehicle was parked. So he wouldn't touch it, I wouldn't touch it, and we left and we never went back to the place. Yeah. But I can't explain that to this day of how 
how's that coin back in the same spot yeah. or the irony of there being two identical coins just so happen to be out there that doesn't make sense to me the coincidence yeah yeah so I've heard like, there's no such thing as coincidence. It's all planned. Yeah. So, so something picked that coin up, knew you were coming back, and almost said, there you go. It was you left know? right in the gravel driveway part, yeah. and we've seen it go flying out in the grass. So it's <laughs> like, that's the one thing that I can't explain because, like I said, I've tried to rationalize it. Mm-hmm. I can't come up with any sort of explanation of that. So mm-hmm. it's one of those instances it's, where it's just unexplainable. Yeah. It's like that night that I woke up and had that shadow figure leaning over me on the bed you know it, it only lasted about five seconds and it disappeared so i spent the next hour looking at the room going all right what would cause this you know yeah. but it's unexplainable and that's why we call it paranormal yeah <laughs> so but no i uh, i do appreciate you coming over yeah. and talking with me and like i said i'm going to throw some of these together and make an episode out of it awesome so. thank, but, thank you very much yeah. so uh-huh. again if you want to plug your podcast for everyone to check yep. it out yeah, we're the 222 Paranormal Podcast. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts from. Uh, we've been on the air for over seven years, so we have a lot of stuff for you to binge. You go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. This is T-Dog with uh, Riverbend Paranormal Indiana. So you're a paranormal investigator. Yes, I've been investigating for a little over 20 years now here in the Indiana area along with the surrounding states. Is there anything that stands out like far as all the investigations you've been on this like just kind of stands out as being the most interesting that you've encountered? I've been to so many locations it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one. I can speak upon a couple that I've done this year that were pretty interesting. Uh, Edinburgh Manor in Iowa. We were up there, I don't know, I guess it was May and uh that place if you haven't been there it's just absolutely amazing the activity there is beyond most of the locations i go to with footsteps and shadow figures things touching you and poking you every time you turn around a corner uh, it was most definitely one of the most interesting active locations i've been to this year uh, another one i was at back in august it was deep in oklahoma it's called a uh, broken bow asylum an old asylum nestled in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. And uh, I actually seen my first moving shadow figure. I've seen a lot of shadow figures that seem like they would be appearing out of rooms down long, long dark hallways or whatever. But this one actually forcefully like moved across the room and it just kind of blew my mind. Um, the place has a lot of dark history to it. You know, they used to do seances and stuff like that in this location. Um, I wouldn't say there's necessarily anything demonic there, but there's definitely some evil spirits attached to that place. Um, I did Brushy Mountain Penitentiary just about a month ago, and you want to talk about a dark and scary place, man. There's nothing like being locked in to a, a prison Yeah. that's, you know, got all these corridors and different cell blocks and you got run of the whole property not only do you got to worry about the paranormal you got to worry about the rattlesnakes out there on the grounds too because the rattlesnakes are out there on the grounds uh but it was definitely interesting uh doing brushy mountain penitentiary it's uh, surrounded by mountains and just getting to it's a challenge but uh i try to go a little bit of everywhere um i've been everywhere from california all the way out to new york 
Uh, been to a lot of wonderful places. But when I go to these locations, I have a little thing that I do that a lot of people know me for is uh, what I call my fear challenge. I'll go to these locations and uh, we'll find the most haunted or active area, sometimes maybe the most scariest area of the location. And what they'll do is they'll lock me down, they'll chain, fold, chain me up and blindfold me in that area for 45 minutes to an hour to let me do my isolation to myself. And these locations could be anywhere from a, a basement to a jail cell. I've been chained to beds, furnaces, you name it. They find the craziest places to chain me up at. Over the years, uh, I've been to some pretty cool locations and locked up in some weird places. As of uh, Bobby Mackey's, Waverly Hills, Rushy Mountain Penitentiary, multiple jails, or you name it, I've done it. Um, but today we're here at Indiana. We're at the, uh, the Paracon here in Miami County Fairgrounds. Uh, had to come through and spend some time with my Indiana Paranormal Peeps because I'm from Indiana myself. I'm from Indianapolis area. But uh, any other questions? If you had to name like the most scariest thing that you've ever encountered, uh, anything that just stands out as like the most heart-wrenching, something that's like made you gasp. I mean, I've had some oh shit moments, I guess. Nothing really too scary. Uh, let me think. I was in Randolph County Infirmary in the jail cell, chained up, doing my challenge. And that's probably the most interactive challenge I've ever done. As soon as they left me and went about their way, they all went outside so I could do my, my thing. Multiple devices, I wouldn't say it was scary, but it was definitely interesting because multiple devices around me were set up in the, in the jail cell with me. And it would start with one device and it would communicate with me through that device. And then it would stop messing with that device and move on to the next one. But it would never go back to the previous one. And it did this throughout the whole challenge. It's all on the film, everything that was documented. It was just so interesting to see how it manipulated so many different devices. It was like an intelligent thing. It, yes. it said, let me check this out first. And went to the next device, went to the next device, and it followed up with my camera mm -hmm. that was filming. You could hear tapping on the camera like it was trying to manipulate the camera. And actually, the IR light was fading in and out during the time that this tapping was happening on the camera. So was it scary? No, not so much scary. But it was definitely interesting. It was... Uh, half an hour 40 minutes of non-stop activity and spirit communication through the different devices i had yeah so that that was probably one of the more impressive moments i've ever had at a location yeah, and that definitely was, sounds yeah pretty cool it was it is so. it is definitely awesome where can everyone get in contact with you if they want to well my name is tito you can find me on my facebook page or i have a group called the paranormal worldwide crew on facebook those are the two best places to reach out to me um, I'm always answering messages. If you message me, I always try to get back with everybody. If people send me uh, PMs or whatever you call them. Um, other than that, um, I work with Riverman Paranormal Alt Illinois. And so you can reach out to them or me through their group too, Riverman Paranormal Alton. Uh, it's on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me, really. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate you spending the time coming out here and talking with me. Not a problem, brother. Thank you. Yep, thank you. You can just introduce yourself. Hey, I am uh, Victor. I'm from Kokomo Spirit Seekers. We're out of Kokomo, Indiana. It's myself and my wife that run the group right now. We mm -hmm. did have some other people, but they kind of went their own ways. So it's just the two of us. But um, we've had some pretty wild experiences. Me mostly. I don't know why. Things have always been happening to me my whole life. But yeah. What's some experiences that you'd like to share? Um, I think one of my wildest ones was when I actually saw my deceased uncle back in 17. He had died in 02. He was a truck driver. And in 17, I was driving truck, and I stopped at I-80, like, during the winter in Iowa. And it had been snowing the following morning. And as I walked toward the store from the truck, a guy like materialized out of the fog coming toward me and he was solid so I didn't instantly think spirit or a ghost anything like that what got me was he looked a lot like my deceased uncle and uh, as I'm walking toward him he politely locked eyes with me and nodded as if to say hey how you doing you know and just walked right past me and it, he was literally within maybe a foot, foot a bumping into me, and uh, what got me was his cowboy boots made no noise on the concrete. And after he passed me, I spun, I took maybe another two or three steps, spun around to talk to this guy and ask him where he's heading and all this stuff. And <laughs> he had just up and disappeared, gone in into thin air. That really freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of the other really good experiences I had was right after me and my wife first started doing investigations here about I think it was about 12 years ago now um, we did a case for one of my relatives they were having activity in their home and not much happened during the case but the next day during the time that I was at my house by myself because my wife worked at the time during the day. I was going through evidence by myself and I had just heated up a frozen pizza. I'm looking through pictures and list of audio and stuff from the case and uh, sitting there with a pizza in my hand and all of a sudden I felt a smack on the back of my hand like somebody smacked me real hard and that pizza went flying across the room and scattered everywhere. And when my wife got home, she, I said, hey, look what happened. And I had finger marks across the back of my hand. Hmm. Yeah, so I was ho home alone, and something was attached to me from that case. Yeah, that's messed up. Yep. Has there ever been uh, any instances where you've just been, like, overwhelmed? Like, you just feel like there's just something there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one case we did in Marion here a few years back. The clients had all these ridiculous claims that was really hard to believe, and I didn't. I was like, "We're gonna disprove all this," you know. It's just they were in bad mental state and what have you. I was like, "Okay, it's psychosis or something," you know. So 
One of their claims was there was this negative entity on their second floor of their house, and they didn't really like going up there, even during the day. So I'm on the bottom floor of the house. I was getting ready to go up the stairwell, and it was like something stopped me. I said, no, don't come up here. And I felt like electricity on the back of my neck, and all my hair stood up. Something did not want me up there in those top rooms. So I just stopped and went back downstairs and sit down. <laughs> did you never go up there then? Uh, we did later that evening. Me, my wife, and the other team member went up there, and it was fine. There wasn't anything else up that way? Mm-mm, nothing. Did get a really couple wild pictures from that same case. It looked like something coming out of a wall under a light switch. It yeah. looked like a face, an evil face screaming. Hmm. That was really weird. Has there been anything that you've ever felt like, I know you said something like kind of like followed you home, but is there anything like you ever felt like a demonic presence to anything or? Uh, not me personally, but my wife has been known to have stuff like that happen to her. Like on a case we did in Kokomo last year at, at a probably well-known location. We didn't know it was possibly demonic when we went until we were to- told during the investigation. But after that, something she said something followed her home, and I believe it because all kinds of weird stuff was happening around her. Yeah. Yeah. She was just bad and moody all the time and stuff moving around her and disappearing around her and then reappearing in other locations of our house. It's just weird. Like a dark negative energy followed. Yeah. Yeah. It went away after a while. We did some saging and stuff like, like that around her, and it went away, but... That's good. Yeah. Has there been anything that uh, you have coming up that you're excited about or anything you're looking into? We're looking actually at a couple other residential cases. One in Rusheville and the other one, I'm not sure. I can't remember where it's at, but we're doing, we do mostly residential cases ourselves. Yeah. We did go to Waverly last year. That was pretty wild. I saw saw some uh, shadow figures. During the tour with the uh, tour guide, we were at the tail end of our group that we were with, and it's dark. We're on the third floor. I'm just walking along, and I saw like a six-and-a-half-foot shadow figure following us through, through some of the rooms at Waverly, and I stopped and turned my flashlight on because I thought it was actually somebody there, and the... Uh, host was like what'd you see i'm like somebody's following us through these rooms she goes oh yeah that happens all the time (laughs) so i've only been on a couple investigations and i've never really experienced anything like that like i've had stuff that's happened to me but it's not ever been i don't go looking for it if that makes sense like i mean i don't typically if something happens i'm like maybe need to put this under a microscope test it and see what's happening you know yeah I uh, I always try to remain skeptical on a lot of stuff because some people just automatically, any little thing's a ghost to them. And I was like, right. well, you got to look at it from a scientific standpoint. Yeah, when my wife had that stuff happening to her at our house, I honestly saw something. It had been gone for a while, and it, like, rematerialized out of thin air right in front of me, like, and then just dropped on the couch. 
Yeah. I was like, okay, where'd that come from now? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> if he wants to tell his story, he can. That's fine. Keep it short. Come here. What's your name, buddy? Um, so my name is Levi Nahadl. Um, I have a serious story to tell. Okay. So, a couple days, like, every day at this time of day, um, when I'm running, I, when I'm going down the stairwell of my house, um, I feel like something is following me, and it's sometimes at night, too. You feel like there's something following you? Yeah. Well, that's awful scary, isn't it? Yeah. You ever see anything? Um, no, I just felt like something was following me. Okay. Well, I hope there really isn't anything following you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our house is an old house in downtown Kokomo, and there's some kind of weird things, but it's not bad. Yeah. I think all old houses have some sort of yeah. residual energy at some point. I'm not going to say they're haunted or anything. Yeah, during but. the new year, the first year we lived there, I was coming down the stairwell, and I felt like there was like a wild party, New Year's party going on that we weren't invited to, and I felt like a woman passed me on the stairwell going up the stairs, and I, I just got this distinct image of a woman in like a green ball dress of some sort or something. Yeah. It was weird. It's like when she passed me, I... I could almost hear my mind's eye stop and looking at me like. We moved into our house two years ago and we had a baby monitor. And my wife and I were in our bedroom and our blinds was one of those pull down blinds. Uh It shot up by itself. And then within like a minute or two after that happened through the baby monitor where our daughter was sleeping, we heard the word mine. Like someone was like mine. Uh, that's weird. So we went and got our daughter out of the bedroom because that's creepy. And a couple days later, she had three scratch marks down her back. And we can't figure out where they came from because they're not... She couldn't have done it because they were bigger than what her hand was. They're bigger than the other kids' hands. Right. They're almost like adult-sized hands, but I didn't scratch her. My wife didn't scratch her. So I went through the house and basically threatened whatever thing was in the house to get out of the house and we've never had any more issues since right then. right usually with stuff like that if it's kind of possessive and whatnot you can kind of kind of like take back your space tell them say hey we don't need or want you here go away you know yeah like the house is fairly new it's only maybe 40 years old but it's no one's ever passed away in the house or anything but right it was just strange yeah Something that you can't explain. Could have been something trying to start in and get attached because children are more open a yeah. lot of times, so it's good that you did that. Yeah. So I don't mess around when it comes to my kids. Yeah. Don't. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. So. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me and talking yeah. a little bit. So is there anything else you'd like to share? How anyone can get a hold of you and contact you? Um, you, you can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook at uh, www dot facebook.com backslash kss group the kss is capitalized just look for us at kokomo spirit seekers there on facebook okay 
So, all right. Thank you. All right, thank you. There is actually one more thing I want. He can say it. Go ahead. Um, so, the same thing that happened to my dad on the stairwell, um, it happened to me. I just saw the same lady. She went, ran up the stairs past me as I was going down. I looked back like, you crazy? <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. Hey everyone, Clarissa here with Unveil Paranormal. I am a medium, empath, and a paranormal investigator. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for having me out on this convention. Yes, thank you. So um, we are at ParaUnity four and you have come out here to join us and we appreciate that yep i just found out about it last week but i saw that it was right around my neck of the woods so well welcome thank you is there anything that uh you've ever experienced that kind of just stands out of what's led you to be into this field of research well brandon i've experienced a lot i've been doing this for a long time I have been a medium publicly for over seven years. I have been a paranormal investigator for just about as long. Um, of course, I dabbled in the paranormal as a kid like everybody else, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I really didn't take off on what I do until about seven years ago. Um, I've been all over the Midwest. Um, I've been to big places like Waverly Hills. I've been to little places like not not famous places like I've been to Monroe House which is a small building but uh, been over to the Blackford County Jail the Stone Mansion which we're seeing them sit right across from us so I don't know if you've got to enjoy any of those places I have not I'm not much of an actual investigator myself yeah definitely recommend trying it once in your life I've been on two or three different ones but it's not been anything that's really people that I went with they thought everything was a ghost Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's not how I see things. Like, I try to remain skeptical, and I think there's an explanation for if a meter jumps. Like, you need to try and ex look around to see what's causing it, not instantly say it's paranormal instantly. Do you believe in mediums? I... You can say no. <laughs> I don't know what to believe. Okay, so are you just starting your, like spiritual or paranormal we'll call it journey not really um like i said i try to remain skeptical on a lot of things i'm not saying that i don't believe in certain things because i've had experiences that i can't explain but i also try and look at things rationally too okay so it's like so if you I, were i keep an open mind but i also try and keep it contained so if you were to investigate, you would use some, uh, like, equipment, right? Like, you would try the scientific route, you think? If I was to go out that way, yes. Okay. I would try and find something. Like, I understand that they have equipment, and I've watched the shows and everything else. Like, I've always been fascinated by it. But it's not necessarily something to where I instantly will write it off as paranormal because wiring can cause magnetisms and like 
there's just certain things that can cause certain meters to trip because when you go into an old building, the building we went into was from the 1800s, and as soon as you walk through, their meters are just jumping for like magnetisms. I was like, well, the wiring here is ancient wiring. It's not been updated. Yeah. So you're going to get these magnetic fields and every everything else. So it's like, let's look into it before you instantly, oh, this place is haunted without even, you've been here for two seconds. Well, one thing I love about the paranormal is it's debatable. It's, there's skeptics, there's people who, who full-heartedly believe in everything that happens. Like, there's, it's theory, like, it makes it kind of a fun little genre area to be in. Yeah, Because we can debate about it. We can talk about it. We can throw theories out there, you know? So that's one thing I really like about it. Yeah. So this podcast, I mainly... It's not so much just paranormal, but there, there's conspiracy, there's UFO, there's, like, Bigfoot, other type of cryptid sighting. I like to just hear the stories that people have had encounters with. Mm-hmm. So, like, if people have seen things, I've interviewed people that they're coming up on future episodes, but they swore they've been abducted by aliens. Do I necessarily think that's happened? I don't know. I wasn't there. But, like I said, I try and keep this as a platform for people to share their experiences. So, I'm not going to judge someone for what they believe because who am I to say it happened or didn't happen? I wasn't there to see it. Absolutely. So I've had a couple of scary occurrences, and I know you're interested in my stories and my investigations. Yeah. Um, I could tell you a little bit about my experience out at Waverly Hills. It was one of the most active places I've been to. Okay. So Waverly Hills, most people are familiar with. Yes. It's, it's a huge place down in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I went to Waverly Hills in July of 2017. And I went with a group of friends. It was a public investigation, but there's only still about maybe 25 people that showed up. So it was not too bad of a deal. Um, so Waverly Hills is known for a lot of things, known for a lot of different type of hauntings. And I don't know if you're familiar with any of them. A little bit, but not. I'm not very first into it. Yeah. So there's uh, several, several stories, um, but most of my stories happened on the fifth floor. So back then in 2017, I was really focused on doing mediumship work and not so much investigating with gadgets and stuff. Um, So we were doing, I don't know, do you know what a pendulum is? It's like when you put a crystal at the end of a chain and it goes yes, no, all that fun stuff. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So we were doing that and uh, did our yes, no's, all that stuff. Well, I set my equipment beside me. And uh, just sat there, and a storm was rolling in at the time. So we didn't stay on the fifth floor for a long time because there are no windows. But we were up there for quite a bit of time that we could until the rain came in, and it was a lightning storm. So they say lightning makes it really, really active. Um, So maybe that's why it was active, maybe not. Anyways, so we had to pack up. And uh, while I was doing my um, pendulum reading, Uh, We did hear a large thump over by the trash can area, Um, but it just kind of makes you jump and you just think it was nothing, right? You know, maybe it was just a ghost, whatever. That's kind of how paranormal paranormal people think, right? Uh, Maybe it was just a ghost. Maybe it's just wind. We don't know. So anyways, um, I start to pack up and uh, I can't find my flashlight anywhere. It is just gone. Everybody was sitting in a circle. We were all together. 
Uh, nobody's seen it move. I had it all. I had everything sitting beside me, so I don't know how it could just disappear. Well, we started looking for it, and lo and behold, that flashlight was found behind the trash can. Theory is, you know, everybody that was sitting there claims it was moved on its own. Yeah. That was not as unsett. That was not as unsettling as the rest of the time there. Um, I always felt like there was a mischievous little boy up in that floor, so possibly it was that. But then we went down to the third floor, and at the third floor, um, I believe it's the third floor is known for the creeper, they call it. Okay. So just really similar to kind of your um, your little icon you have here. It's, it's got quite a bit of legs, long legs, creeps around. Like, it looks like it would creep around, crawl around. And uh, that thing barreling down, you, down on you when you're sitting at the edge of the hallway is very unsettling. I bet. So that was probably one of the scariest moments. We did have a, a like a white apparition feel like it just swooped right past me and my group at one point in time. Um, and of course you always have, you know, noises and stuff like that, that you hear throughout, but those are probably the most active moments of that evening. Okay. I do have questions about the whole medium aspect though. Sure. When did you come to realize that you were in tune with that side? So I find my story to be a little bit different than others. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I've known I was a psychic medium since I was a kid and I've been talking to the dead forever, blah, blah. Um, I didn't pay any attention to the paranormal like I do now. Um, yes, I lived in a couple houses I swear were haunted. Yes, I had encounters that I look back on now and I think those were probably paranormal. However, I really didn't embrace the mediumship aspect of it until about seven years ago. Um, I was in a really weird place in my life at the time, um, pretty depressed, and I was something in me just was looking for a change was looking for something different was looking for a sign or something and for whatever reason i kind of fell into mediumship i discovered psychic pages online that you can practice your readings and i was like i can do that because Looking back on my own personal life, like I always know things I shouldn't know. I always feel things I shouldn't feel. And I just, I thought to myself, let's see if everything I know and feel makes sense. So I took my first step in doing a reading. Cold, like never done it before, right? And it was successful. And that really opened me up to really learning more about why I know things I know, why I have experiences I have and really thinking of it as not just a odd occurrence or something like that and like maybe it has meaning behind it maybe there's something to this and so now seven years down the road anything paranormal anything spiritual anything like that is so important to my decision making it's so important to the way I live my life today who I love in my life um, and it's changed everything for me, and life is just so much more better now because of it. That's good. Is there anything that uh, that you do now, looking back, like you've always felt like it's been there? Like anything that ever stood out from like earlier? Well, when I, well, let's say this. As a child, all through my life, I've always been a very vivid dreamer. And I've always had a lot of deja vu in my life. 
That's kind of what I was getting to. Yeah, I have a lot of deja vu in my life. And, you know, back then I'm just like, oh, it's just deja vu. And I don't think much into it because I'm just a kid, you know. And um, with my vivid dreaming and then having all that reoccurring, I mean, it's just, it really was like I just had to wait until I tested myself to see if if this was real. Like I had to, like you, you pinch yourself in a dream to make sure it's not a dream, it's real. Um, it was kind of like that moment where I'm like, okay, this is real. You know, I, I don't, I didn't have the upbringing that some people had. I didn't have religious upbringing or anything like that. I didn't have anybody telling me what to believe, what not to believe. Um, so we were kind of on our own. And so, like I said, didn't make a big deal out of it. If I thought the house was haunted, didn't freak out about it. Didn't think I, I was going to hell for believing in it. None of that stuff. Right. Um, which I, I appreciate that to this day, that that's my upbringing, because now I'm so much more open-minded mm-hmm. because of it. I get deja vu quite a bit as well, and I actually have an episode coming out in a couple weeks. It actually deals with time travel, because the guy that I interviewed, he swears that deja vu is a way of time travel because it's something from you're telling yourself from the future and you're seeing it. So when you think of it in that aspect, it does kind of sound like that. But I think that I think that we're all connected somehow to I don't know how to describe it, but like I see things from deja like I said, I experienced deja vu, you've experienced it. I think there is something out there where everything is somewhat connected to a different time I don't know how to describe what it is but like so that that's kind of what I was going to like if you've ever experienced stuff for like the medium side because I think that's part of the fabric that space time whatever you want to call it like I still think it's all somewhat connected yeah I think it would be interesting to find out like if we could do get visits from our future self and that's why you know we know these things or whatever um, or we experience them prior I know with deja vu, it could be a lot of, a lot of little things can cause it. It could be a smell. It could be a sight. It could be a lot of things causing it. Um, so for me personally, I, I really never had an explanation for why I would get deja vu when I was so young because I was young, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I've just kind of started to look into stuff like this more so lately. Like I've always been interested in the whole paranormal like even as a kid I grew up loving the X-Files like that's what I wanted to do I wanted to be Fox Mulder but nowadays it's like the internet has made it so easy to look into stuff and that's kind of what's led me to where I'm at right now is instead of looking in and doing my own research and trying to experience my own stuff I want to hear from people that have actually experienced it for themselves not so much Nothing against anyone that's out looking for it, investigating and everything else, but I think the people that are experiencing it that have nothing to do with this, mm-hmm. like they move into a house and they feel like there's something in their house. They're not out seeking stuff. That's the stories that I want to hear more of because I feel they're more authentic, if that makes sense. Like, Absolutely. So, I mean, that that would take me in order to be, I will tell you a story about that. I'd have to go back to my childhood for sure. Um, because we did, like I said, in fact, I think I believe we lived in a haunted house 
Um, we were, I was eight when I moved in. And uh, it was in 95, so that tells everybody how old I am. <laughs> um, in 1994, the year before, there actually was a suicide in the garage there at the house. Um, so I do know one death occurred. However, remind you, I was eight years old. I didn't know that at the time. Um, but we did have a lot of occurrences. So as children, it was me. I had a twin. I have a twin sister, and I have a brother that's two years older than me. We'd be upstairs. His TV would turn on. His radio would turn on. I mean, what explanation? What explanation would a child have at that age? But oh, it must be a ghost or something, you know? Yeah. You know, we would have footsteps. We would have people talking. Um, a lot of incidents happened in that house. Um, shadows we would see, you know. So, and the house at the time was probably about a hundred years old. I know it was built in like the late 1800s. Yeah. So. You know, those occurrences happen quite a bit. I had other occurrences happen. <laughs> this one's kind of embarrassing, but um, so I had like these cat-like eyes appear in like an old box TV I had in my bedroom when I was like 14. And I literally <laughs> ran out crying and freaking out because of these cat eyes <laughs> and ran at the time, a lot of people probably won't believe this, but at the time, I lived in what used to be a church because when I went in 2001, my parents got evicted from their house. So we actually moved into a church that was being used as a storage. And so I ran across the stage because my bedroom was one of the classrooms on the stage and my sister's bedroom was the other classroom on the stage. I ran across the stage, freaking out in the middle of the night and nobody had any idea. I mean, what do you do when you're a kid like that? Like, you just, because you're not, and you're somebody who's not into this stuff. So, like, those were probably even more scarier moments than me actually seeking out. So, I get what you're saying by being more authentic. Like, yeah. they are more scarier to me personally. <laughs> because you're, when you're out looking for the stuff, you're expecting something. Right. It's the stuff that you're not aware of that happens is what throws people off the most, I think. Right. So. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, if anyone would like to get in contact with you, where do they need to go? Okay, so you can get in contact with me in several different places. Um, you'll look up Unveil Paranormal on all of them. Um, I am on TikTok. I am on Instagram, and I am on Facebook. I am also on YouTube, um, and I do have an Etsy page, actually, if you're into paranormal merchandise. Okay. Is there any specific websites or anything? just my social media i don't have an actual website okay well again thank you for coming over and chatting with me and i appreciate it and glad to be a part of this yeah no problem thanks for having me appreciate yeah. it thank you thank you that's going to wrap up this little special episode live from the para unity event here in miami county again thanks to the shadow seekers paranormal group for having me out little booth here so I could discuss some stuff with some people. Got to meet some cool folks. And look forward to maybe next year. So, good night everyone. Hope you enjoy this special edition. <laughs>